our corn now is one to two feet taller than their corn. And simply because it's been rolling its leaves, and that's the way ours used to do too. Global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Well, hello. I am Rod with A Better Way to Farm, and it's an honor to be a part of your life today. Thank you for tuning in. Here at A Better Way to Farm, we focus on two things, increasing yields and improving profits. And whatever we can do to make that happen, that's what we're after. We are really lucky today. We have an individual who's going to be with us. We've been looking for the topic. We want to talk about drought resistance or drought tolerance. And this whole deal is is prompted because I've been seeing so much stuff on different places, on different forums, on different websites and different magazines. And everyone's talking about what can we do to be more drought resistant? What can we do to be more drought tolerant? I'm seeing the industry try to take advantage of this, and they have a host of products that they want you to buy right now in hopes that it will help you be a little bit more drought resistant. And here at A Better Way to Farm, we take a different approach. We believe that drought tolerance is not created July 1st. We believe that drought tolerance is created April 1st. And so we have an individual today who has graciously consented to share his time with me. He's a really good friend of ours. I'd like to welcome from downstate Illinois, Jim Wacker. Jim, thanks for joining us tonight. You're welcome. Uh, hope we can help somebody get through this drought and maybe improve things for next year. That's what it's all about right there. You are absolutely correct, Jim. And so I want to go back to last year just real briefly, but let's talk about how you worked with us last year, what you did correctly, what you did incorrectly. Can you kind of summarize that for us in a couple of minutes? I sent the boys to your ProAg training. I had talked to you, and I'd done a little research on it, and it looked interesting. And so I sent them, and we had just bought a planter that had starter fertilizer on it. So the two were going hand-in-hand quite well, and they came back with a lot of information. We found out our soil tests weren't uh, quite up to par, didn't tell, give you enough information to really make a good recommendation. So we learned that we got to have a good soil test that tells us what's going on in the ground. Otherwise, we have no idea what we need to put in the ground to help these plants. So we got the soil test and they, through Midwest Labs, and they came back, and a lot of our micronutrients were very low. Boron came back at a 0.1 part per million, which was very low, almost uh, below the scale. And after <laughs> seeing that... I knew we were in trouble and where part of our problem was that this corn was, and beans for that matter too, was just simply suffering and starving to death. It was not necessarily the drought that was co- and the hot weather that was causing trouble. It just couldn't eat. It was just literally starving to death. So yep. then we talked with you some more and you went over what we needed to you know, try last year. And I got the test results back and started looking at all the stuff we were supposed to do. And dollar-wise, scared me off a little bit. So I kind of cut back to the bare minimum, which I thought was doing okay. Well, it said on there, optional. If you do all the others, then the rest of it is optional. I thought, okay, then I don't have to spend that much money. I can just do the basics. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's it works a little different than that, I found out. If you do one and then the other works with the first part, 
third part works for the first and second. So we learned from last year, if you want to really give that plant a good fighting chance, you got to go with the full program. So not only did we revamp the starter fertilizer, we went instead of a two by two, we went to a two by two by two because we saw proliferation of the roots on the one side versus the other side, which I didn't like there. It was like the plant was lopsided and going to fall over. And then you kept saying infurl, we'd really see a significant difference, especially in our area with these low soil tests. So we did, after much consternation and budget crunching, go ahead and go with the infurl. And you were right. That did make a significant difference. That's right. And, you know, Jim, we have found out that everything matters. It's funny because people think they're going to get some monster contest yield, and they're going to do it by putting on a whole lot of one nutrient. And there are companies out there that are like, you know, just put on calcium, don't put on anything else. Other people are saying, just put on nitrogen, don't put on anything else. Calcium is important, nitrogen is important, but the fact is there are many, many essential nutrients and they all work together and sometimes we can get by with less of, say, nitrogen if we put on more sulfur because of their relationship. And so I want to talk about some things here. Uh, you live in, in downstate Illinois. Am I correct that basically you know you're going to have at least one drought every year where you're at? Pretty much. It's real common to get a two to three weeks, sometimes even a four-week dry stretch. And I found out this year they call that a flash drought. I had no idea that's what they called it, but that's what the weather <laughs> guy told me this year. You got a flash drought. A what? Okay, well, now I understand what we got. We got a flash drought. <laughs> And yeah, exactly. Real common down here. Right. And and where we live, my soil is not so different from yours. I'm in very ultra southern Iowa. And I, everybody's like, well, tell me about where you live. And I was like, all right, here's the deal. I'm 10 days from a drought, and it can be raining when I tell you that. So yep. that's you know, describing our situation. Because, you know, we just don't have the soil that will hold that. You know, we make it better. We do organic matter. There's a lot of things that we're going to talk about here. But, you know, that's kind of the, the plan there. Well, Jim, you yourself, the second year, you came to the Fundamentals of Agronomy training over in Columbia, right? That's correct. Uh, the boys so tell talked me, me into it, and you talked me into it. Actually, you <laughs> twisted my arm, but... <laughs> yeah, well, are you, are you sorry? Are you sorry? Are you sorry that no. I twisted your arm? Okay. No, I there don't regret go. it one bit. After having gone, it was, uh, it was eye-opening. It filled in a lot of gaps the boys were trying to tell me about that I wasn't picking up on. And after being there, it's like, Oh, that makes sense. Exactly. So while you were there, we talked about, you know, NPK, sulfur, uh, the micros, and the secondaries. And this is where we really get into when I said that drought resistance or drought tolerance starts April 1st. And the reason that I say that is when you had your flash drought here a few days ago before you got a little bit of rain, your yeah. plants were out there and they were in the fortunate position that they had. I mean, your your tissue tests are not perfect, and we know that, and we're going to keep dialing it in, dialing it in, right. dialing it in. But they're far better. I mean, you're talking about a boron level that was 0.1, which is, you know, basically almost non-detectable, and yet <laughs> your boron tests come back as sufficient, correct, in your that tissue? That is correct. But you have an agronomist there who told you what about your, your tests on boron? What did he say they were going to be? He said that... All the tissue tests he sees in Southern Illinois, boron levels are extremely low and are very low and not to be upset because that was normal. 
that uh, the board, you, you know, it, the board wouldn't help that much. We thought he, we kind of wasted our money a little bit, but uh, <laughs> we put it on anyway because uh, what we have to lose, you know. We were we were down in the bottom of the barrel anyway, so we tried it and went with the recommendations, and lo and behold, we've got good boron tests now. Correct. And so what's normal for an area is a choice. It may be normal in your area to be very deficient in boron, but it's a choice. It doesn't have to be like that. You know, and Jim, boron, when I spoke at the Fundamentals of Agronomy training, one of the things that we've really figured out is is that just the presence of boron, of adequate boron in the root zone, will give the phosphorus, will help get into the plant much better because the boron feeds the mycorrhiza. And so there's some interesting things there. And one of the things that we look at is by addressing zinc and manganese and copper and all these different micronutrients, that plant that you have there, when it goes into that flash drought, the plant actually, what it's trying to do is drink, but it's drinking for nutrition. It's out sucking up all the water out of the ground, out of the soil profile, and then it's looking for all of the different micronutrients, all of the different secondaries, all of the different macros. If it gets adequate nutrition, it cuts back on what it's drinking. We call it luxury consumption of water because a plant that doesn't have adequate nutrition just keeps drinking, trying to get the nutrition that it needs. And so what it does is it sucks in more water than what it needs and it loses it through transfer, trans, ah, redo, <laughs> and it loses it through respiration, letting that moisture out into the atmosphere. And so we just lose so much water. Jim, talk to us about, let's compare your fields this year with neighbor fields who are doing a conventional, what I call a blow and go, where they're just blowing stuff over the top and calling it good enough. Talk to me about when you had your fly strout there, how did your corn look? How did it react? How did their corn look? How did it react? Our corn did much better than it used to in the past. It held on much longer before it started to... Uh, curl the leaves and show the stress, and it kept on growing. And then it would take longer to curl before, the, you know, in the day, so that it had a little more growing time. One of our neighbors was in a situation where their corn was planted before ours. It was up and growing, and our corn now is one to two feet taller than their corn, and simply because so, it's been rolling its leaves. And that's the way ours used to do, too. It's, ours was no different than what uh, his is doing. Uh, we used to do the same thing. It would only take a few days, and boom, we were had our leaves rolling too, and the corn didn't grow. It just sat there. I mean, it just was exactly like what it used to be for us. Then we got another neighbor that puts a lot of manure on. His is looking pretty good, but he's getting a, a lot of the micronutrients probably through the manure, and uh, it's doing him a lot of good. Then we've got others that are doing this very similar to what we did too, and their corn is not as tall either because it hasn't grown. It curls early in the morning, and then it uncurls maybe about 7, 8 o'clock at night. Well, there's no growing time for that corn, so it's falling behind. Correct. And that's the sad part. When that corn gets hot and curls up, it just shuts down. So if your corn can be drought tolerant, and it doesn't go into that stress situation as early in the day, maybe two extra hours in the morning, and it comes out of it two extra hours in the evening before everybody else, and all of a sudden you have increased the ability 
you know, the other people, they just shut their factory down, sent their people home. They're not producing nothing. With you guys, your factory does go there and takes a little siesta when it gets that hot. And guys, make no mistake, nobody's going to be able to make a guy have a corn that can absolutely not burn up. I mean, there's no way to do that. Everybody gets pinched if it goes long enough. What we're talking about here is hanging on. How much rain did you get in the last week, Jim? Over the weekend, we had 1.5 inches here. And over my son's house, he had 1.8 inches. Okay. And so here we are during that drought period, you were hanging in there looking better. Now, when the rain does come, you're in a position to really take off and go, right? That's exactly what the corn did. It snapped out within just a day, and it started growing again. The color is great. You can't even tell by looking at it that we went through this flash drought. It just looks like normal corn now. And I'm going to assume that some of your neighbor's stuff is stunted and it's hurt, and you can tell it still? Some is, yes, and some has snapped out of it. It just depends on, you know, what stage of growth it was. The real early corn around here, some of it is still curling during the afternoon. It just has never put down a root system. I would be willing to bet if we pulled some up. Uh, sharks and then, well, some, there's one field of corn that was planted in late April. It's uh, just barely getting knee high in parts of the field. And it's the lighter wow. parts of the field. Yeah. Wow. So it, there is differences. And there's other guys, like I said, the guys that do the manure, their stuff looks pretty good too. I mean, it snapped out real good. You know, it depends on what everybody did. And some of them put it in kind of wet, and that corn's struggling, too. It doesn't want to snap out of it very good. It's it's also short. It's less than knee-high tall also. So well, everything that we did, and, well, we didn't do perfect either. I don't want to sound like we did because we put some in a little bit on the wet side, too, and it took a little bit for it to snap out of it. But it is starting to grow again, too, even though we made a big boo-boo with it. But it was getting late where we were getting anxious, like, ah, we need to get this done. Yeah, it's going to work. Yeah, that was a little bit too much <laughs> optimism there. <laughs> we should have waited just another day or two. But, you know, yep. farmers get in a hurry. Hindsight's a beautiful thing. It's always twenty twenty. One of the things that we've figured out is that if we plant it when it's wet, we better be begging for it to stay wet. You know, if we end up with a dry spot, that's where it really comes out and, and bites us the worst. And so... You know, avoiding mm-hmm. that's a great situation. But again, we're talking about the fact that drought tolerable, it has to do with, did we do everything with the nutrients? Did we work it too wet? You know, all those things that we do early on come right. back and, and those those sins haunt us later in the growing season. So oh, you have your tissue test. While they're not perfect, I'm staring at them right now. It's very interesting for me to take a look at the fact that you're exactly spot on of what the norm would be for a nitrogen. You're exactly spot on for what it should be for sulfur. You're spot on for calcium. And it's just awesome to see. And you're actually a little bit high in potassium, which you replace some good K. And I think that's amazing. And when we start looking at these, and in particular, the one that blows me away is your boron. Because your boron Mm -hmm. was so deficient. And yet here we are looking at at perfect numbers on your boron level. Yeah. And all of that equates into that plant not sucking water up and just wasting it into the atmosphere. So, Jim, any closing, I've ate up enough of your time here, any closing comments that you'd like to make to people saying, ooh, maybe we want to give a little more information, get a little more information on this, maybe we ought to think about doing that next year. What would you say to that guy that's trying to decide? Go to the ProAg training, get your soil test like you guys recommend, 
follow it as best as you can. If, if you do like I did last year and you don't follow the whole plan, if your stuff is extremely low like ours is, you'll still get a response. And then you realize, <laughs> gee, what it would have been if I had done the whole thing right? So, then, <laughs> so then, uh, you know, do as much as you can. The more you can do, the better off it's going to be. Take the tissue test, too, because that's going to prove whether what you did is working or not. And it's going to give you, you're going to have two roadmaps, one from the soil test, and you're going to have another roadmap from the tissue test. And that will help lay the groundwork for the following year. And uh, then you'll be able to start fine-tuning, and things will go smoother, and you'll start seeing more improvements, and you'll see a better ability to withstand dry weather, stress, It'll just make a totally different look on your crop. You won't think it's your own crop. It changes things <laughs> that dramatically. Well, that's fantastic. You know, and that's exactly right. I, if we do exactly the same thing every year, we're going to get pretty much the, exactly the same results. And I appreciate you guys. You started last year. It didn't go perfect, but you got results. And you came back this year, and you did it a lot better, and we'll fine-tune it more next year and keep gaining on this. And that's exactly the attitude that we have to take. So. Well, guys, I appreciate you tuning in so much and giving us a listen. Uh, you can always go by A Better Way to Farm on the Facebook page, and there's lots of videos there for a person to listen to, look at. We do have a presence on TikTok at abetterwaytofarm.com. That's kind of entertaining on most days. And uh, we love you listening to the podcast. When you're listening here, we would appreciate it if you would be so kind as to give us a rating and leave a comment or two here on the podcast platform. That would help us a lot. We are sincerely grateful to each one of you. So, guys, let's think about it. Let's talk about how we can become more drought tolerant in 2023. And if you're interested in more information, reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you. Give us a text. Send us a message. Give us a call, 641-919-1206. I really appreciate you, and I hope you're having a better day. A better way to farm.com. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.